Arizona Sports, sports. the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. All right, running through the top stories of the day like we do at 4 o'clock every day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It is our top story here on this Tuesday. Former Cardinals Vice President of Player Personnel Terry McDonough has accused Cardinals team owner Michael Bidwell of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment. This according to ESPN's Adam Schefter and a report on the athletic website as well. The claim, and it's an arbitration claim, states that McDonough and former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes were left no choice but to follow Bidwell's directive to use burner phones to communicate with then-general manager Steve Keim when he was suspended due to his DUI. This, of course, was in the summer of 2018. The Cardinals have vehemently refuted the claim in a lengthy release. External public relations advisor to the Cardinals, Jim McCarthy, stated the team uh, that the claims in the arbitration filing are, quote, wildly false, reckless, and an opportunistic ploy for financial gain, close quote. Full details of the allegations on the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. Now, it does say that somebody in the organization did use burner phones, but then they quickly found out about it and stopped it in its tracks. Michael Bidwell, in particular, stopped okay. it in its tracks. That's what the Cardinals claim in their now, email. Now, McDonough also claims a toxic workplace environment, berating people, pregnant women, and that's where the NFL may get involved and want to investigate on their own. Yeah. So, uh, th- we'll have more details on that coming up in the next segment of the show. That that dropped about an hour before we went on the air today. Uh, allegations, counter-allegations, and now the NFL has kind of 20 days to decide. The Cardinals have 20 days to decide whether this thing is going to go to arbitration or not. I'll get to the Diamondbacks in just a second. Yeah, I see what happened there. It's not bad news yet, but it could get bad. Other Cardinals news, the team uh, has the league transaction report says the Cardinals have signed another offensive lineman, Elijah Wilkinson, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. Don't have a ton of details about that because obviously the Terry McDonough story is kind of taking front and center right now. Yeah, he's 28 years old. Spent last year with the Falcons. He was a starting left guard in nine games he played. Then he went on injured reserve with a knee injury and um, he's played in 67 games with 36 starts. He's played left guard, right guard, and even right tackle. Was with uh, the Denver Broncos for four years. Also Chicago before his one year in Atlanta. So fourth team could play a bunch of different positions, but coming off a big knee injury. Four games left until the postseason for the Phoenix Suns. They have a chance to make it 7-0 and with Kevin Durant in the lineup tonight. They host the San Antonio Spurs. Here's KD talking about the last four games of the year. Yeah, it's just more so about just getting good reps in and playing, uh, building a habit you know, uh, even though four games left and we're close to the playoffs, we want to keep getting better. I think it's real for us to keep going right now. So, uh, you know, we take these games and prepare the right way and go out there and try to do our thing. Spurs are coming off of a nice win. They beat the Kings the other night in overtime. Uh, Doug McDermott had 30 in the game, and they won a very high-scoring game, 142-134. to 134. So not a very good team, but they scored a lot of points. They had like 31 assists in the game. They had a nice win over Sacramento. One of three teams with the best odds for Victor Wimbayama, the San Antonio Spurs. 7 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports. If the Suns win tonight, they'll secure a top-six seed in the West and all but assure themselves 
of a the fourth seed overall in the West and home field, home court advantage, I should say. All right, let's go to the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. They lead 8-6 against the San Diego Padres. Dre Jameson just allowed a two-out solo home run to Trent Grisham in the bottom of the ninth. Jameson has been called on to get the save in this game. He pitched the eighth and is now pitching the ninth as well. It was an 8-5 game when he took over. There's two out in the bottom of the ninth, but the tying run is at the plate in the form of Nelson Cruz. Cruz is only in the game because Manny Machado was arguing having been called out due to a pitch got clock tossed? violation. He got tossed for arguing the pitch this clock violation. This would have been violation. Machado up this right now? This would have been Machado's spot oh, in the lineup. Oh, man. He said it's Nelson Cruz, who did hit a solo home run in the fourth inning of this game. But right now, he's up, and he represents the tying run against Dre Jameson, who's been called in to get the save yeah, in this one. Juan Soto singled after the home run to Grisham. So Jameson pitched the eighth, and now he's pitching the ninth, and the Diamondbacks are one strike away from winning this game and coming home three and three after a road trip, and, and he struck out Cruz. And he just got it. And he struck out Nelson Cruz. Well, it looked like some sort of a split finger or a yeah. slider or something like that. Dre Jameson, not the closer. I mean, we said closer by committee. Troy's been saying it all year. But Dre Jameson comes in, pitches the eighth and the ninth, and the Diamondbacks oh, they're rally. Dancing. They're dancing. They were down 5-1 in this game. They so, rally. They come back. They win. They're so three and three. three and three coming back when you start in L.A. and San Diego. Very good road trip for the D-backs. Now, last night, I'm sorry to bring this up, but, ew, that bullpen. It was like the bullpen of 2022. 0-1, swing, fly ball, left field and deep. Carroll back, still going back. This ball is gone. Pinch hit, home run, David Dahl. Here it comes. Swung on and belted deep to left field. It's a walk-off win for the Padres. Back-to-back home runs by Dahl and Kim off of Scott McGuff and the Diamondbacks. It was very Mark Melanson-like last night as they blow that lead in the ninth inning. But they made up for it today with a rally win when they were down 5-1 against the Padres. So 3-3 and on the season. Yeah, and I, I don't think... I'm very satisfied. You could have done better. You could have done worse. You're 3-3 and against the two best teams in your division on the road. I think you're very happy with your Diamondbacks coming home. Home opener on Thursday against the Dodgers. No NBA games last night, so there was room for this. The year he's had to. Hurley and the Huskies have their dreams come true. That was the call from CBS. UConn wins their fifth national championship wow. overall. Three different coaches leading them to those five championships. I was, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think that's incredible. Three different coaches. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Ali was the last one, um, but three different coaches to win the championship there for them. Incredible. And they had an incredible run. Every win was by double digits. Now, here's your. In- UCLA's got 11 championships, Kentucky 8, North Carolina 6. UConn just tied Indiana and Duke with five. Oh, they're they're a blue blood. I mean, if if we're and that's kind of the that's kind of been the debate show debate today, right? Like, is UConn a blue blood? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're a blue blood. Yeah, Jim Calhoun, legendary coach, and then Ollie won, and now Hurley won. Big East gets another championship. I am happy for the Big East. Speaking of Bobby Hurley and Danny Hurley, Bobby was there last night. Very excited for his brother. Just seeing like, I just I want to sit back and watch him do it because like he deserves this moment and this is his and very few people could do what he just did it's freaking amazing 
The average margin of victory for UConn in the six games they won, 20 points per game. That was the average margin of victory. Isn't that crazy? They to rolled. Rolled everybody. Just rolled, rolled everybody. Thing. Yeah. No close games. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of ASU, huge news for them yesterday. Jemiah Neal announcing his return to the men's basketball program. They also landed a transfer forward, Kamari Lands from Louisville. So he is... Uh, now, guys are departing, too. DJ Horn, Austin Nunez are two guys who are reportedly on their way out, at least in the transfer portal. But Neil coming back is interesting. That's good for them. He decided, he said, let's run it back in Tempe, and he posted something on his either Twitter or Instagram page and threw that out there. Now, the kid they got from Louisville didn't look like he played a whole lot, but, um, you know, they need guards, so getting him in there may help. Yeah. That is a rundown of the top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, allegations have been made against Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell claiming gross misconduct. What do we know? We'll tell you everything next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Former Cardinals executive Terry McDonough filed an arbitration claim today to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell alleging and accusing the Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell of cheating, discrimination, and harassment. Adam Schefter on ESPN Today. Lengthy story not only on ESPN.com but also on TheAthletic.com from Mike Sando, Stuart Mandel, and Kalen Kaler on what's going on with the Cardinals. And it, it dropped about an hour and a half before we went on the air. And at, at this point, not to put too fine a point on it, let's just be as as specific as we can. Okay. It, it's it's allegations and it's counter allegations and it's statements and it's counter statements and at this point it's he said he said and it's all got to get worked out. It's it's hard to know who's right, who's wrong, who's bad, who's done right, who's done wrong. It is certainly not a good look for anybody involved that we're dealing with stuff like this. And certainly, you would think there might be some sort of investigation or at the very least an arbitration hearing from the Cardinals, but at the crux of it, at the center of it, is Terry McDonough, former executive with the Arizona Cardinals, who is alleging in an arbitration filing that he made today with the NFL and that was sent to Michael Bidwell's attorneys as well. He's alleging that Michael Bidwell compelled him and Steve Wilkes to communicate with Steve Kime through the use of burner phones back when Steve Kime was suspended by the team for five weeks in 2018. And that Terry McDonough didn't want to, and Steve Wilkes didn't want to. And when they raised those concerns to Michael Bidwell, Michael was not happy about that and berated him and um, reprimanded, him, right? reprimanded him and ultimately demoted him and cost him money and, and maybe even blocked his ability to go find other jobs with other organizations and things like that the the it's the specific wording of it gross misconduct cheating discrimination and harassment in an arbitration claim filed today mcdonough maintained he and former cardinals head coach steve wilkes were left no choice but to follow bidwell's plan to use burner phones to communicate with former gm steve kime while kime was suspended mcdonough says he still has the phone which yeah, he that's said, the smoking gun right there. Potentially, yes. right? Which he said contains the evidence of the cheating scandal as well as additional documentation. Cardinals, very strongly worded 
denial on this that was actually released by an external public relations advisor to the Cardinals. Yes, His name so is Jim not McCarthy. by the Cardinals PR staff. the Cardinals staff. PR staff. They have their own hired PR staff that they're using. Yeah, an external public relations advisor. We are, re- this is a quote, we are reluctantly obliged to provide a public response along with broader context for some disappointing and irresponsible actions by Terry McDonough. Wildly false, reckless, and opportunistic ploy for financial gain. Um, despite difficulties in his personal life, wow. we're saddened to see Terry is now lashing out our organization with disparagements and threats that are absurdly at odds with the facts. There's a yeah. lot more. So, I mean, you're trying to discredit him, right? Personal problems that he had, and we don't want to have to come out and say all of this, but we're going to defend ourselves. So this guy had some problems and, you know, so... What we do know is this. I mean, this is uh, the public perception is is key here. You're going to fight this tooth and nail. But we do know this right now. ESPN main story. Cardinals vice president, President Terry McDonough accuses owner of cheating. Pitcher Michael Bidwell. Sports Illustrated. Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell accused of cheating discrimination by former employee. NBC Sports. Former executive Terry McDonough accuses owner Michael Bidwell. Like it's everywhere. There's a big story around the country because it's an owner of an NFL team. So everybody's got Yahoo Sports, as, and Michael sure. Bidwell's picture is everywhere. It's all over Twitter. Stuart Mandel and Adam Schefter. And so this is something the Cardinals, uh, like, you can't walk away from this. You'll have to deal with it. You'll have to deal with two things. One, you'll have to deal with the burner phone scheme. Is it true? Did it ha- If it did happen, you're going to get in trouble. You're not going to lose your organization over it. But you're going to get in trouble. If that really happened, if, if McDonough has... A time frame where they were communicating with the GM on decisions that had to be made for the organization. The Cardinals are going to lose draft picks. They're going to get punished. There's going to be fines. It's not going to be good. And then the other situation, we'll see what that happens because there is accusations of a toxic workplace environment that the NFL is probably going to have to look into with what's going on with Daniel Snyder. They're not just going to not you know turn a blind eye to this. They will have to at least investigate it to see if there's any truth to it or not. Yeah, um, as part of the McDonough side of the story, um, again, this is from ESPN.com, McDonough believes he is giving a voice to a group of Cardinals employees too scared to speak out against Bidwell. He called his treatment, quote, consistent with a pattern of workplace misconduct by by Bidwell that is endemic and the hallmark of his stewardship of the story's storied Cardinals franchise. Said in his filing that Bidwell had treated a black employee and two pregnant women poorly and created an environment of fear for minority employees. Uh, the Cardinals responding called that claim a transparent smear that is truly beneath contempt. It must be stressed that our owner's long track record of fostering diversity and racial equity within our team and the league make this allegation especially despicable, close quote. What could happen next? Okay, so it's an arbitration claim. It's been filed with Roger Goodell. Uh, And also, according to the report I read, a a copy of it was given to Michael Bidwell's attorneys, attorney or attorneys. Um, What happens next is, according to the story, the Cardinals now have 20 days to respond to Terry McDonough's claims. Uh, Goodell, Roger Goodell, shall determine whether the dispute is football-oriented or not football-oriented and whether the dispute is subject to arbitration. If it is... The commissioner will conduct the arbitration in a manner designed to reach a fair and prompt outcome. Now, as part of the story, both sides, the Cardinals and the attorney for Terry McDonough, are both saying, bring it. Arbitration, let's go. Bring it. Let, let's. We're more than happy to go through arbitration to kind of tell our side of the story. And, and hopefully at that point, the truth will come out. 
you brought up draft picks, and and that's without knowing who's right, who's wrong, whose allegations are true, and whose are false. It, it you do have to wonder, right, in an era of deflate gates and bounty gates. And what the Dolphins allegedly did, and the punishment they, they received this they, year, they gave up they, a first and a, a first round selection in this draft, and a third round next year. Yeah, the Dolphins did. If these allegations are found to be true, and again, we don't know if they will, one has to at least speculate that that might be the type of. Now, I don't think they'd turn it around fast enough to do it this year. The draft is what. Three weeks from this Thursday? Yes, I doubt they would be able to do it this year because I don't think any investigation is going to be done by then. It'd be probably future picks. Now, on the Miami thing, just because you brought that up, Roger Goodell, investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. I know of no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition of tampering with both a head coach and a star player to the potential detriment of other clubs over a period of several years. And that's where the Dolphins owner, the owner, he was fined $1.5 million and the team lost the first round pick and the third round pick. So you're going to get, if, if this is true, that they used the burner phones throughout the, and there's proof, the Cardinals, Michael Bid will be fined a lot of money and the team will lose draft picks. Not going to lose the organization over it. They're going to get, they're going to get punished just like the Dolphins guy got punished. The workplace and the toxic workplace environment, what, what McDonough is saying here. The Cardinals will defend themselves vehemently on that as well, but the NFL will have to do an investigation where they talk to employees and is this true? Is that true? And you'll go through a similar thing as to what happened with the Phoenix Suns and Robert Sarver. See, it's not just the, if it was just the burner phone thing, okay, you deal with it. You, you, you know, but then again, this is coming off of the, the report card that was bad for the Cardinals and this, oh, it's a bad time for the Arizona Cardinals. Sean Coogler. James two Saxon. coaches, two coaches. I, I, I mean, just it, it, we could we could sit here and do a laundry. And, and, and I'm going to make sure I'm clear about this. That alone doesn't make the Cardinals guilty of this. Hollywood okay. Brown going 100 and something uh, miles an hour. But it is kind of part of this, you know, continuation of this theme of how rough things have been over there, right? And, and yes. how, you know, it's, how self-inflicted the roughness has been, that's up for debate, and we don't know the exact answer to that. And again, I'm not saying because those other things occurred means that this is necessarily true. That would be irresponsible of me to say that. I'm not suggesting that. It just speaks to this larger, and I mean, if we're really going to go big picture here. Sarver and the Suns, Barraway and the Coyotes, the story we had a couple of weeks ago, albeit he's a minority owner, but he's still an owner. It's a bad look, right? It's it, these, these stories continue and it continues to paint this really nasty, ugly picture you know, with the Suns. And the Suns are specifically mentioned in the ESPN story, uh, which is interesting given that it's Terry McDonough. And then of course his brother, Ryan McDonough, who yes. was the GM, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Here's the line from the ESPN story. The grievance that Terry McDonough submitted to Bidwell's attorney last week in Goodell on Tuesday alleged that, quote, Bidwell's widespread workplace misconduct is significantly worse than the misbehavior of former Crosstown Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver, whom the NBA suspended one year and fined $10 million before he ultimately sold the franchise. Is this going to rise to that level? I mean, I, I no idea. No idea. I mean, we have no idea. We, don't, we can't, we can't, can't comment on it. We don't know. I'm not, not going to speculate on something like that. Um, I think what you'll do is you'll, 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 you'll see if there is an investigation. There probably will be. I mean, you have a, you have a, an employee who was a prominent employee of the organization that's accusing the owner of a toxic workplace environment and pointing out examples of, you know, berating pregnant women and, and the things that he said. I don't have the line in front of me, but 
that has to be investigated by the NFL. They're not just going to say, you know, we're not, we're not going to look at that. Nah, we think he's a great guy. We're not going to look at that. Now, the Cardinals will, you know, obviously they'll talk to those employees. And if they say, no, that's not the case, then everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And, and the Cardinals, I mean, again, a very lengthy, very detailed response to this that was emailed to most of the local media. Three pages of, uh, uh, and it's and it's certainly you know uh, Terry McDonough's behavior. And when it comes to the burner phone, according to the Cardinals and according to what they're saying in their statement, it was an unnamed executive who had interfered with the Steve Kime protocol and had done the burner phone thing. And when Michael Bidwell found out about it, he took swift action when he learned of the situation and directed that the phones be retrieved and communication stopped. So we're very much in a he said he said situation. But as you pointed out it's the top story on every sports website in america right now you know what's interesting about the can i bring up one point sure please steve keim at that time he had you know he had uh yeah obviously dui you get suspended you're, you're five weeks you got to be on your best behavior right there after everything that had happened to you if if that was true and they went behind his back with the burner phones the owner if they went by if when he even fired a bunch of people like, wouldn't you like, really? I like, I didn't fire you for what happened. I didn't fire you. I'm suspending you for five weeks. You're going to go behind my back and use a burner phone to talk to somebody? Without telling me about it. I'm, you know what? You forget it. You're done. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, who could the Suns match up with in the first round? Who would be the best matchup for the Suns? Who are they going to get in the first round? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to six point two five percent on your retirement savings. Since we're going to kick off a story about the Suns and who they're going to see as the number five seed, assuming they lock up the number four. Um, this is I saw this tweet from NBA on ESPN, and in some ways. This is exactly why you want to see the Lakers in the first round, and maybe this is exactly what scares you about the Lakers in the first round. Over the past two seasons, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have not played more than five games in a row together. Really? According to SportsCenter Facts, the verified NBA on ESPN Twitter account, over the last two seasons, LeBron and Anthony Davis have not played more than five games in a row together. Now, on the one hand, you look at that and go, bring it on. So that's after the Suns-Lakers playoff run. Yes. Okay. Yes. And after the, after the Suns, Suns beat the Lakers. the Lakers in 21 so from the that next moment year, on. Mm-hmm. The year the Suns lost to Dallas, and then this year, they haven't played five games together. Yep. More than five More games. More than five games together. More than five games in a row together. That's crazy. That's nuts. I would have never thought nope, that. It's nuts. I would have thought it would have been more than that. And that's part of what encourages you about playing the Lakers in the first round. And that's the part about scares you a little bit about playing the Lakers in the first round. Now, I'm with you. I'm not scared of the Lakers, but it's one of those, goodness, if Anthony Davis and LeBron can play more than five games in a row together, right? Like, I read a big story today on ESPN.com from Windhorst about how the Lakers basically reinvented themselves thanks to the Utah Jazz and that trade. That was a terrific, yeah. Wasn't that an interesting getting story? Of, getting rid of Russell Westbrook. Yep. 
allowed them to get some better players in that, you know, that have helped them and, uh, you know, get off of Westbrook. And so the three players they ended up getting have all been big contributors. They for have. Them. They're, they're like 14 and seven since the trade. They're the number one defense in the NBA since the trade. Um, it's kind of reinvented the franchise to us. It's a, they were 13th the day they made the trade. Now they're a half game out of fifth in the Western Conference. Yeah. And they ended up getting Malik Beasley, who's been pretty good for them. They ended up, Hashimura was a separate deal, but mm-hmm. they got Hashimura. Uh, Austin Reeves has been great for them. They got D'Angelo Russell, who some people think is big, and they got Jared Vanderbilt. So those players, those four players, since I wasn't three, it was four players who have come in and done a pretty good job for them. Yeah, they have, and it's and it has, as I said, kind of reinvented the earth to the point where LeBron James, you know, was encouraged enough to go visit the LeBron James of feet and get his foot fixed so he can come back and play this year because he thought this year was worth it. Now, are the Suns going to play the Lakers in the first round? Don't know. Don't know. We, we know this. I want them. I wouldn't oh, mind. I just want I'm them. not afraid of them. I want them. I'm not afraid I of them. I want them more than I want the Clippers. I want them more than I want the Warriors. I want the Clippers more than I want the Lakers. Just because I don't trust Paul George to come back. I, I, I think know Russell Westbrook has actually fit in really well with the Clippers. He has. I'm, I've been surprised. I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised, but I've been surprised at how well Westbrook has played. You know, it's it's been a little hit and miss with him, but it's been more hits than misses. Yeah, he's done well. Yeah. He's, he's done well. With it is them. surprising. Yeah. Um, the Suns, here's what we know about them. They've got the Spurs tonight. With a win tonight, the Suns, and we'll get more into the Suns specifically a little later on in the show. We're kind of looking at the broader picture right now with them and what's going to happen with the first round matchup. The Suns, if they win tonight, they clinch a top six seed. They're, 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 they avoid, they officially avoid the play until they're in. If they, if they win tonight, they clinch in the playoff spot. Yep. They basically clinch the fourth seed tonight. It's not official because there's still some remote chance of New Orleans catching them in a tiebreaker, but it's very, very slim. It would require New Orleans winning out, the Suns losing out, and all of that stuff. It's not going to happen. And the Suns have the tiebreakers over just about everybody else. The Warriors, the the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers. It's just the Pelicans. They don't have the tiebreaker over. So let's say the Suns get the fourth seed. You're right. And, And what happens next, we'll get into that in a minute. We then really start hyper-analyzing analyzing the rest of the West to see what happens next. Now, the Lakers are in Utah tonight. Laurie Markkinen's not going to play for the Utah Jazz. The real tricky thing for the Lakers is not only are they in Utah tonight, then they go back to L.A. to play the Clippers tomorrow. That's an, a fascinating game because we talked about this earlier. Does anybody really want the five seed? Like, you would – most teams – would probably say, I'd rather play Denver, Sacramento, or Memphis than play the Suns, even though the Suns are the four seed. They're 7-0 with Kevin Durant. Now, they haven't blown the doors off everybody, but it's still the most dangerous playoff team. It's the most dangerous playoff team. The Suns are. They're the most, they should be the team that you least want to play. You think. Who do you want to play? You can pick anybody you want. Most teams would say, I'd rather play Denver. I'd rather play Sacramento. I'd rather play Memphis than go play Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. So it will be interesting to see what happens when the Lakers play the Clippers. Are they trying to win that game? Because the winner is probably going to play the Suns. The winner of the Lakers-Clippers game. Yes, probably. It's a good chance that the winner of that game is going to play the Phoenix Suns. Yes. Good chance. It's a, it's a decent chance. Depending on what the Lakers do today. If the Lakers lose tonight against Utah, maybe not as good of a chance. But let's assume the Lakers, let's assume win, the Lakers tonight. win tonight. Then, yeah, I, I think the winner of Lakers-Clippers tomorrow is kind of in the driver's seat now, for the fifth seed. You brought this up earlier. It's a excellent point. You're walking a really fine line if you're going to try to play this game over the last four games. 
you got this, 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 there's no separation between being the five seed and being in a play-in tournament. Okay. None. Okay. You get to seven, you're in the play-in tournament. I mean, you can't try to perfectly match it to come out sixth and play Sacramento. It doesn't it's that's really hard. You got to like you got to uh, thread the needle. Thread the needle. Yeah, my words are not great today. Oh, sorry. Thread. You got a lot going on over there. I got a lot going on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got a lot. You got a lot. Crazy ASU story I've been tracking. You got a lot going on over yeah. there, Gambo. It's all right. Don't so, worry about it. It's hard to do. So now that game tomorrow, are you playing to win? Because you want to avoid the play-in game, so you want to win. But by winning, you may end up playing the Suns in the first round. Or do you lose and say, I'd rather take my chances in the damn play-in tournament right. than have to play the Phoenix Suns? I'm not sure. Avoiding the Suns as the fifth seed, but then avoiding the play-in tournament as the seventh, just to illustrate how tough that is, every team from five through eight in the Western Conference right now has the exact same number of losses. Every single one. Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Pelicans, they all have 38. They, I, I was looking at scenarios today. What happens if there's a four-way tie? Like, what happens if it if it's if all of those teams end up so with New exactly Orleans, the, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors? Yes. Oh, that is a that's that, oh, that's I, the that's the best question that, that I've been asked in a long time. I've got an answer for you. At least according to a Twitter account that I follow. You ready for this? So the Pelicans would be the. Best seed? If, okay, it depends on, well, it depends on a lot of things. But we talked about the Clippers and the Lakers tomorrow night. If the Clippers win and it's a four-way tie, if the Clippers beat the Lakers tomorrow and it's a four-way tie, everything, Clippers beat the Lakers, four-way tie. Pelicans are five, Clippers are six, Lakers are seven, Warriors are eight. If the Lakers win on Wednesday against the Clippers and it's a four-way tie, Lakers are five. Pelicans are six, Clippers are seven, Warriors are eight. It's a mess. This is really crazy. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's. it's I, can't, I, I won't it's, remember anything. No, you just I won't said. remember it either. <laughs> I, I have a cheat sheet here to help me get through it. I, I can't remember this yeah. crap to save my life. I, I, There's like, a story published yesterday: the Bonkers six-way tie scenario in the West, featuring the Lakers, Warriors, and Clippers. There's a six-way tie scenario between the Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Pelicans. Timberwolves and Oklahoma City. <laughs> it could happen. I don't have that. <laughs> that could happen. This was put out yesterday yeah. by Clutch Points. There's a possibility of a six-way tie as well. When we come back, they pulled out a victory, and the Diamondbacks come home three and three, and we'll take it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we just got done talking about it a second ago. Let's update our Twitter poll question of the day. Mitch is filling in for Eric. They're doing both jobs today and doing it quite well, I might add. Mitch, hit the little thing there, would you? Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rockstar, what you got for us today? I've been extended a few innings, just closing this one out. Eighth and ninth inning, okay. taking care of business. You, you, I call you Dre you, Jameson. You deserve something. You, I, I think you deserve. I'm, I'm going to get you lunch this week. Oh, I'm going to buy you lunch this week. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to get a lunch from Gambo before just, you even pay off like three lunches that you owe him. <laughs> he owes. He doesn't owe me a lunch. Does he owe me a lunch? No, I owe you a coffee. 
I think say our, our lunches cancel each other out. That we iced know mocha, other. right, Gambo? It was an, uh, I uh, a hot mocha, right? You, hot. You want a hot mocha, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, or just you're, like a little espresso machine. There's a lot of sugar out. in those things. Uh, there is. You, you got to yeah. get it with like half the pumps of the mocha, yeah. Uh, all right, Mitch, you're getting a lunch, and you've got the Twitter poll update. What you got for yeah, us? Yeah, I got it right here. As you mentioned, you guys were just talking about it. So in the past, we have put out polls, or a poll, of... What team would you not want to face if you're the Phoenix Suns? What team scares you the most in the next in the first round if you're the Phoenix Suns? Okay. Now we're just telling you who is it going to be, or we're asking you who is it going to be. Well, who do you want? No, no, no. It's not who do it's you not want. Who you want? It's just who, what do you think is going to happen? Who's like, it going to be? Like I there's four slash three games left for some teams. Like who will the Suns play regardless of seeding in the first round? It, will it be the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Pelicans? It's going to be the Clippers. You know why? Because Russell Westbrook is going to kick their ass tomorrow. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's going for 35 against the, the He hates them. I Russell think, Westbrook goes for 35 tomorrow. Clippers beat the Lakers. I think it's going to be the Clippers, too. If if we said you couldn't pick the Clippers, then who would you pick? So you can't take the Clippers. Who's it going to be? The team the Suns will play in the first round. Pelicans' schedule's too tough. So the Lakers? Lakers have the tiebreak over the Warriors. I believe so. Whoever has the tiebreaker over the between Lakers and Warriors, the Warriors don't have the tiebreaker over anybody. Then I would take the Lakers okay. next. I would think I would think I would take the Lakers next too. What's our audience say on this one? The audience is staying strong with one of the teams from L.A. The Clippers got thirty nine point four percent of this vote. Not too far behind the Warriors got thirty five point three percent of the vote. The other L.A. teams got sixteen point three percent. The Lakers, Pels got eight and a half percent of this vote. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns in Gambo Twitter page. Here's the pitch. Fastball lifted in the air to right. Towards the line goes McCarthy. Sprinting, running, makes the catch, and tumbles into the seats. He holds on, and the inning is over. Quick to his feet, he hops back on the field. High fives from his teammates. And that does it for the Padres in the bottom of the eighth inning. Chris Garciola with the call on the Diamondbacks Radio Network. I actually saw it on Twitter. If you haven't seen it yet, that's a hell of a play. Jake McCarthy ending the eighth inning with a diving catch into the stands. He goes tumbling head over heels into the stands like the old Tears for Fears song. Diamondbacks got the win against the Padres today by a score of 8-6 to after last night's very unfortunate, very familiar, Familiar feeling bullpen meltdown game for the Diamondbacks. We were all ready to talk about that bullpen. Today, the Diamondbacks down 5-1 against San Diego on the verge of losing this two-game series. Rally back from that 5-1 deficit, take an 8-5 lead, turn to Dre Jameson for the two-inning save. What, you think he's Mariano Rivera? And he delivers with the two-inning save, and the Diamondbacks okay. are now 3-3 three and three on the season. Is he your closer? No. No, you, you, need him for, you need him for a long You need early. him stretched out. You need him stretched out. You want him stretched out. Is in case med bum, you need to get him out of the rotation. I'm going to replace him with Trey Jameson. And it wasn't He's like he closer. was. He gave up three hits in one run in two innings. It wasn't like he was lights out, you know. But no. he did strike out two. So I don't know. I, th- I guess you continue to go to closer by committee. If you'd be interesting, if they're if they're in this damn thing at the trade deadline, if they go out and get a closer. Oh, it's fair. A lot oh. of closers get trade. Oh, Josh Hader last sure. year. If sure. they're in this thing, go out and just get one. Uh huh. 
If you don't have one, and know what, because I don't know if it may, someone should establish himself as the guy if they allow that to happen, but maybe it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, look, McGuff's got the experience from Japan, but not yeah. the big league experience. He he certainly sounded like the part of a closer last night after he blew it against the Padres. Look, this I've done this before. I know how to shake this off. I'll be fine. I get it. I let one down for the guys, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. Um, so concerns about the bullpen? No, the hitting. Oh, um, I want to bring this up because going into today, there were some guys that weren't hitting. One of the guys that continued that stretch, Burns, he was Alec, uh, Alec Thomas. He went 0 for 3 again today. Doesn't he does not have a hit. Doesn't have a hit. So he was 0 for 3 today. He is 0 for 12 on the season. He's 0 for 12. Uh, early. Early. So early. Six games. Early you know? doesn't have a hit. Rojas didn't wasn't hitting. He was 3 for 3 today. Um, Cattell's off to a slow start. He's hitting 167. I know, I know. You were really looking at that, too. I really was. Uh, Guriel's hitting 208 on the season so far. He's off to a slow start. It's 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 early. It's, it's Jake I, McCarthy had not been hitting. He got two hits today. Got his average up to 188. So I think you, I think you, because you platoon a lot. So even 10 games is probably not enough. You probably got to get to about 20 games into the season and then look at the batting average because all you need is one three for three game when you're off to a bad start and you know, you're in, you're in decent shape. Look, it's, I'm looking at the, uh, a Twitter account that I know we both follow because there's always good stuff on here at D stats and info. Those guys do a great they job. They really do. I don't know right. who's in charge of it, but they do a really they do good a job. Great job. Diamondbacks were three and three after six games against the Dodgers and the Padres. They point out it was their first series split or win in LA. Since 2018, their first series split or win in San Diego since 2019. So it's been four years since he did it. And I know it's just a two game series against the five Padres. years for the Dodgers, five years for the Dodgers, four years for the Padres. And it's it's a three and three start. It's really not that much different from a two and four start. It feels different, though. Right. Like it feels OK. You, it you, feels like a victory. It does. It feels especially when you were down five one like, and you you came back to win that game today. It feels like yeah, a victory. two and four feels like you yeah, still can't beat these teams. They're better than you. Three and three feels like a win. You know, it's like a win. Like you come like on the road against the two best teams in your division. You're three and three. They didn't win many games against the Dodgers and the Padres last year. They didn't win many games again. We talk about the Dodgers. The Padres won a lot of games against them. So I, I'd have to go look it up, but the Padres had a lot of success against them. So I think, you know, coming off, th- you know, three and three to start the season, I think that's tremendous for them. They didn't play their best baseball, but they're three and three. Yeah. Um, Dre Jamison, he threw the 38 pitches today. Now, concerned, you, you mentioned the hitting. I'll bring this up too. Zach Gallen, six innings, mm. seven hits, five runs, four earned. Three strikeouts, a walk, two home runs. Got a seven five ERA, seven five nine ERA so far in the season. We worried about that, or is it early? Is it, is it too all early? Just too, too early. early. Too early. I mean, too early coming off of the spring training and um, trying to get used to. You know, we thought the first game against the Dodgers, some of the struggles of that big inning where the Diamondbacks had a quick inning and he had to go throw 27 pitches and then, you know, you have to throw them in a much faster amount of time. So, you know, you know, you don't have a lot of time to kind of adjust your brain and work it through and think about the pitch. You just got to throw. And so I think it's going to take a He's too talented to not figure it out. So I think he will figure it out. Legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement. We would very much like to hear from you. Text Al to 626. 
620. Submit a video, a thank you, Al, video. We might even play it on the air. Text the word Al to 620-620 to get in on that. The top story of the day today, we'll continue to circle back to it. What have we learned about the allegations made against the Cardinals organization, and in particular, team owner Michael Bidwell today? We'll tell you the latest next on the Burns and Gambo Show.